When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Legends of the Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron. And joining me is... Just Ariel. Not just Ariel. The just amazing Ariel. Ariel. Nope. Just Ariel. <laughs> just Ariel. Just let me have this. Nope. Let me talk you up. Nope. You're amazing. No. Oh, fine. I don't toot my own horn. Well, that's why you let me toot it for you. No. <laughs> well, we have a uh, special episode today. It is... The final characters episode. (laughs) (laughs) Five years later. Five years later. Uh, So, yeah. Are we ready to wrap these characters Uh, up? I am beyond ready. (laughs) Uh, I know we said we were going to go through all of Majora's Mask, but I think uh, we're going to take a little bit of break here because we covered a lot in these episodes. And then we'll come back to some things, special things like masks and things later. Yeah, I think for now, what we had discussed was just doing some deep dives into some fun things. Yes, yes. So let's finish up with our main blast from the past of the Majora's Mask characters and look forward to the bright and wonderful future of Deeper Dives. (laughs) I love when you said Deeper Dives, your voice got really deep. Deeper Dives. (laughs) He means he means business people. I do. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to get in and get some nitty gritties down. <clears throat> well, Ariel, do you want to kick us off? Uh, sure. Why not? Are you ready for this? Oh gosh, here we go. I'm never ready for these names. I think I've got maybe like two right. <laughs> and because you cheated and looked at my papers. Uh, wait, one of them maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. Loves baby Ruths, hates ghosts. I know this one. It's, um, oh God, come on. It's the gravekeeper. It's, um, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Because of the D. Yep. Uh, it's Dompe. Dompe. Gosh. <laughs> I love Dompe too. How did I forget his name? It's one of those days. Because you fail. All right, so here's what I got for Dompe. He is the gravekeeper for the Icona graveyard, and he's also terrified of ghosts, though the graveyard is in fact haunted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's insinuated he used to visit the graveyard with his dad, and he also has a wife. Dompe has a wife? He's got a wife. He's got a wifey. Mm -hmm. Dompe believes ghosts only come out at night. And if Link talks to him wearing the captain's hat, he will be terrified and run around the graveyard before returning back to his home and locking the door. Yeah, I did that by accident once. Poor Dompe. (laughs) I didn't know. (laughs) On the third day, Dompe is underground beneath a gravestone searching for Icona's royal family treasure in real Goonies fashion. (laughs) His torch goes out and he asks Link to guide him with fairy light. Link helps guide him to mounds of dirt and Dompe begins digging. Once he digs up three blue fires, though, they come together and reveal a big poke. To which Dompe runs away and hides underneath his bed. Oh, poor Dompe. He really hates ghosts. He does. The poor thing. (laughs) 
I have nothing bad to say about this gentle giant. Dompe is amazing. <laughs> so Link gets the treasure after defeating the Big Poe, which is a bottle. Or in Majora's Mask 3D, it's a piece of heart. As he should. He beat a giant ghost that Dompe was scared of. He protected Dompe. Well, yeah. I'm not saying that Link shouldn't have got it. What I'm saying is... That's Icona's uh, <laughs> royal family treasure. <laughs> a bottle eh, or a piece of heart. Dompe's easy to please. Okay. No, and it's not Dompe. It's what that's their treasure. I always took it as somebody else has already been here, taken the treasure, and that is what they have left. A bottle or a piece mm-hmm. of heart. Yeah. Jerks. Okay, so I have a couple fun facts about Dompe in Majora's Mask. <laughs> this one's funny. Dompe courted his wife by continuously asking her until she finally said yes. So he may be scared of ghosts, but you cannot tell me that this man is not determined <laughs> and even in the sight of failure. <laughs> so in in French, his name is Igor. That makes sense. And in German, it's Boris. 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 He does look like a Boris. <laughs> Looks like a Dompe to me. <laughs> All right. Ready? Ready. Not even School Kid can disband the Booze Brothers. Is it sharp and flat? It is. The Booze Brothers. The Booze Brothers. I remember this from the last time. I'm pretty sure at this point, they kind of just gave up finding new names for these characters. Because, yeah. <laughs> So anyways, I'm going to start with Flat. He's locked up beneath the Icona graveyard by his brother Sharp. After defeating the Iron Knuckle, because I love saying Knuckle, it's it's Knuckle, but the Iron Knuckle, Flat's soul is freed. He then teaches Link the Song of Storms, which he composed himself to cure Sharp's curse. Flat and Sharp were once servants and composers of the Icona royal family, and he pleads with Link to cleanse Sharp's black soul so the two of them can finally have their eternal rest. He just, just wants his brother. I know. This is sad what they've done to flatten sharpen Majora's Mask. Screw you, school kid. So let's go on to Sharp. When the land was taken over, Sharp was tricked into selling his soul to the devil. He then locked Flat up. The Icona River went dry due to his curse, which caused the music box house to quit working, allowing Gibdos to roam freely in the canyon. Sharp composed a song to drain the life from anyone who listens to it and uses it on Link so he may join the ranks of the dead. Link plays the Song of Storms and heals Sharp's soul. Sharp will tell Link of the curse on Icona and how to get into the ancient castle of Icona. The Song of Healing has no effect on Sharp. Sharp will state the song is very soothing. However, for one of the dead in darkness like himself, the song no longer holds meaning for him. It's too late for him to be healed. I don't know. Sad. 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 And I didn't have any fun facts about them because all the fun facts I've already covered. There was nothing new, so. Fun fact. They're the saddest story. Ever. No. <laughs> Pitting brother against brother. Even as a kid, I felt this deep in my soul. This is the one of the most impactful stories I'd say from Majora's Mask for me when I was a kid. Yeah, it's sad. Beyond sad. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Oh my goodness. The only successful experiment of her father's. Oh, um, it's the little girl from the music box house. It is. I do not remember her name. Pamela. Oh, Pamela. Yeah, it was very generic. <laughs> Pam. She's the only successful experiment with her that's, that's so mean. It's <laughs> the truth, though. So Pamela is the daughter of a research scientist at the music box house. Her dad gets infected with the M-virus. That's my little spin on it. it <laughs> with the mummifying curse. <laughs> the M-virus. Yeah, it's a very, very reminiscent of Resident Evil. So. It very much is. <laughs> and so she puts him in a closet in the basement and locks them in the house to stay safe from the Gyptos. They moved here from Clocktown so her dad could research ghosts and spirits haunting Icona Valley. She's mature for her age and is protective of her dad. Once the water stops flowing, the Gibdo Repel music stops functioning and the Gibdos swarm their house looking for her dad, thinking that he's one of them. When Link cleanses Sharp, the water starts flowing again and generates enough power so the music box can play, which in turn drives the Gibdos away from the house. She refuses to let Link inside, but after he sneaks in and uses the song of healing on her dad, she will appear and hug her dad. This is a very heartfelt read. <laughs> Just thinking about it. I know. It's, it's, a, it's a nice, heartfelt reunion. <laughs> Once Link returns after saving the crazy scientist, she will thank Link for saving him. She doesn't want Link to meet her father, though, because he would want to dissect him due to his strange powers. <laughs> it's a heck of a howdy-do, isn't it? <laughs> right? Hey, thanks for... And, you know, saving my dad, but, you know, you should stay away from him because he's going to experiment on you. When she dropped that bomb, when I went back to the house thinking, you know, there was more to the quest. Yeah, I was like, I'm out. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> In the ending credits, she's seen outside their house playing with her father. Yeah, it's a very nice, sweet moment. So, a couple little fun facts. Ooh. If Link wears the Gibdo mask in front of Pamela, she will scream and kick him out of her house. If he wears a transformation mask, she will rudely kick him out for invading her home. I did know this, and I did do these things on purpose. Because this was where I learned that the masks have different results on different NPCs. <laughs> if Twin Mold is defeated without Link having interacted with Pamela, her father's curse will lift on its own. If Link enters the house and talks to her after this, she'll kick him out, regardless of his current form. Her father doesn't display, display the same hostility, though, and behaves as he usually does after being healed. Hmm. My last little fun fact here. Link can still enter the house after being spotted by Pamela if he beats her to the door as she's running back. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this... All she ever does is kick you out. Like, you are just not allowed ever in. You have to sneak in. Yeah. And sneakily heal him because you will just continuously get kicked out. So. Yeah. I... I got frustrated with having to try to sneak to the house, and that's why I ran to the door that once, and <laughs> I learned it worked. She's a jerk. Oh, I mean, yeah. No. Yeah, no. It is annoying and obnoxious, but if you look at it from her standpoint, she's really just trying to protect her dad because, you know, she is the parent of the family. Okay. And she's going to whatever length lengths that she has to she is practicing stranger danger 
I get it. I just didn't think it applied to kids. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it is annoying, but she's also a child, so. All right. My last character. Last <gasps> one. Last one. Oh, no. <laughs> Bet his name is Oswell. Oswell. I don't know this one. Pamela's father. It's another Resident Evil reference. Oswell Spencer. Uh, Oswell because, Spencer. Uh, yeah, he's... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That his name is Oswell. Willing to experiment on, you know, people. Yeah. So, anyways, he is a scientist who researches supernatural phenomena like fairies and ghosts. Him and Pamela settle in a house at the top of the canyon, to which he turned into the music box house. While studying Gyptos, he discovered a song called Farewell to Gyptos, which drives the mummy creatures away. He programmed the music box house to play this so the Gyptos would stay away from their house. One day, he tried to go into a nearby well to continue researching Gyptos. He then got cursed and started to turn into one. The river dried up, stopping the music and causing the mummies to come for the scientists. Link uses the Song of Healing to cure him and he has no idea of the events that has happened. Short, sweet, to the point, because I already talked about it mostly with Pamela. Yeah, there's not a whole lot with him. (laughs) And I only have one little fun fact about him. Pamela's father mentions the rumors of Garrow sightings near Romani's ranch. It's implied that this is a reference to the Gorman brothers wearing the Garrow masks on their night raids. I never put two and two together until this moment. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so mad at myself. And that is it for my characters, at least. Aaron still has some characters. But I am done with my characters for Majora's Mask. Well, I think this is the perfect time for mid-break. And when we come back... We'll go over the remaining important characters of Majora's Mask. Woohoo! Woohoo! Get! Yeah! Get! Well, here we are. The middle of the episode. Ariel! I need to come up with a better line other than it's middle <laughs> in here. <laughs> um, it's close to the end in here? I don't know. <laughs> Just no. It's like a sandwich. It's the meat and potatoes. <laughs> She's considering it? No. Oh. Well, do you know what I'm good at? Talking? A lot? Yeah, that's why we have podcasts. Uh, <laughs> but no, I'm really good at thanking our patrons. Are you? I am. Watch. <clears throat> you can't even pronounce names. Shh. It's not part of the criteria. <laughs> I think that is like number one criteria. Well, I'm going to go ahead and give it a shot. All right. Patrons will let me know if I'm good at thanking them or not. Like our wonderful patrons at the goddess level. We have Kex, Maple Flapjacks, and we have in our Hyrule Royalty patrons, James Becker, and our Sheikah patrons, Deadeye, Fuel Grimmer, Nikki Lift Stuff, and our Kokiri patrons, Jumanji, Remington Cloutier, and our fairy patron, Doug Leamy. I probably did mess up, but you know, I guess pronouncing names is pretty important. I wish I was better at reading. It would help if you, you know, actually picked up a book and read it. No, I hate books. Bad. <laughs> LZ books good. Listeners, I just want you to know... Aaron does not allow me to read off stuff. That's so. that's not fair. You no, mean like no, the patrons? It's, it's not fair. You, you mean like I don't let you read off the patrons? Yeah. You want to read off the patrons next time? Listeners, also the way the studio is set up, he is in front of the computer that has the list of everybody. So. Oh, if I could figure out how to let you read the patrons. You know what? I'm going to figure it out. Next time, you're reading off the patrons. Yeah, no. We'll just... 
let you have the whole Oh, oh, we see what it is now. <laughs> but anyways, yes, thank you, patrons. You guys are awesome. Y'all are awesome. And thank you, listeners, because you're awesome as well. Without you, we wouldn't have a show. Hashtag facts. Where I can, you know, publicly bash on Aaron for like an hour. So thank you. You say so many mean, untrue things. Um, I say so many mean true things, you mean? Oh, uh, whatever. Yeah, truth hurts sometimes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm really not this mean of a person. Uh, it's just fun to rag on Aaron, because I've known him for, like, ever, so it's fun to rag on him. You know what else is fun, Aaron? What else is fun? Reading reviews. <gasps> you mean, like, our wonderful, lovely reviews that get sent in to us through emails? Yeah, because you fail at Apple. Yeah, Apple's still letting me down. It won't let me log in still. What happened to that nasty Karen message you were going to send? I did, and it didn't go anywhere. They said that they'll respond to me in three to five business days. Oh, whatever. (laughs) Oh, whatever. I'm calling you out on that. I really did send an email. It's not that I can't log in. It's that when we log in, we can't see the reviews page right now. Something's going on with it. And I did send a email, and they said that they would look into it. The actual email said they would look into it. But that was three to five business days ago. So I don't know if they've looked into it or still can't get access. Please say three to five business days one more time. Three to five business days. All right. I quit. <laughs> I'm out. Uh, but you know, I still have emails from our fans. So here we go. This one is from Emerson H. I think we had an email from Emerson H before. I've slept since then. Ah, uh, me too. <laughs> Sorry if you did. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, let's go. I have a question for you both. What are your top three favorite Zelda games? But not based on gameplay elements of any kind, but based on story elements and the story of them in general. That's the first part of the email. Top. So story. So yes, favorite LOZ games based on story elements. I'm going to have to go with Ocarina of Time, Breath of the Wild, and based off of story elements, it would be Majora's Mask. Ooh, yes. Those are all top threes. Mine's going to be weird, though. Okay, go ahead. (sighs) Number one is Majora's Mask, because the whole thing is just story, and it's really good. Number two, Breath of the Wild, for sure, because it's awesome. And number three is going to have to be Twilight Princess. Because I like the whole creepy aspect of it, like the the dark vibe they got in that. Well, that was, yeah, I agree. It was a tough pick for me, but... Yeah. I don't know. Ocarina of Time is just because that is the first Legend of Zelda game I've ever played. So it has that special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. So, I, know. It, Ocarina of Time is like a close third for me, to be honest. But if we're going off of story elements and just strictly story elements, I loved the story elements behind Twilight Princess because it took a darker twist. Yeah, That's a good question. That is a really good question. So you ready for the second part of the email? Yes. Aaron, the ocarina is very fun and relatively easy, and I believe in you, but Ariel is still going to kick your butt, but you will be putting in a great effort. And finally, for everyone who is listening, I would highly recommend STL Ocarina. Have a wonderful day. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Emerson. Uh, We did get an email from Emerson before. We got a couple of different emails from Emerson before. I do remember now. Well, Emerson, you are awesome. I love it. Emerson writes in. So, you ready for this? The next one is from our wonderful friend, Nick, and his mom, Mackenzie. You ready? I'm ready. Hi, your podcast is great. Could you do a video on Beetle? And I'd love to be in the video with a shout out. My name is Nick, and I'm 11. Uh, yes. <laughs> and yes. I would love to do one on Beetle, and I would love to give you a shout-out 
while talking about Beetle. Yes. And uh, Nick's mom, Mackenzie, thank you for making sure that Nick is using the internet appropriately. And thank you for letting him write in a review to us. It was great. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited now. (laughs) So the next one is from Ethan BTS. And Ethan writes, Hello, I love your podcast. I've listened to every episode and I love it. I've learned so much and I can't wait for your next episode. Question. Do you prefer Link's Awakening for the Switch or the original version? And could you please give me a shout out? (coughs) Here we go. A lot of smiley faces and then big old smiles. And make Wolf play Breath of the Wild or I will cry. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Wolf Wolf officially has played Breath of the Wild. He did not like. Did not like. Doesn't like free roaming adventure kind of style. You know, I didn't know that I liked the free roam until I played Breath of the Wild. Not going to lie. Love it. So, Link's Awakening for the Switch or the original version? I don't think you've played the Switch version yet, have you? No, I have not. But if we're going on just consoles, like, Switch all the way. Oh, yeah, all the way Switch. I did like being able to know what I was doing, too. Like, I... I'm going to talk about this when we get to the older 8-bit versions. I didn't like the 8-bit versions because I couldn't see a lot. Like, the 8-bit in my ADHD just does not compute. (laughs) (laughs) I I like the remake chibi tune version for the Switch, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, we have one more email here. And this one's from Jacob Castellano Meredith. Hey, My name is Jake, and I'm 12 years old, and I got into the LOZ series and love your show. And I love Ariel's sarcasm and Aaron's laughter. This show has to be my favorite. Keep it up. P.S. Please read this in the episode. Guess what? I did it. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Well, Jake, I appreciate your appreciation for my sarcasm. And I'm I'm so glad that you love the show. And I'm glad that my laughter is loved. Yeah, because it sure isn't by me. No, I don't love my own laughter. I'm just (laughs) kidding. I think it's annoying. Just kidding, guys. Uh, But anyway, there's our fan emails, reviews coming to us this week. So thank you all for those lovely emails. And thank you all for your support. We love you so much. I love reading these. It's awesome. I can't wait to get to finally... The Apple iTunes reviews again. Yes. Because that's just more reviews we could read. I can't wait to get to the Beetle episode. <laughs> it may be sooner than you think. Oh, that would be awesome. Ooh. All right, Ariel, it's time for what you brought for today. I was supposed to bring something today? You know you're supposed to bring something. Every time. <sighs> I did bring something. I knew it. Actually, really cool. Liar. <laughs> so... I've been sticking with the whole Majora's Mask theme merch since, you know. So what I brought today is on Etsy, and it's from Panda Plugs. Oh. And it is a pair of Majora's Mask earplug gauges. Oh, yeah. Yes. So if you have your ears gauged, which I do, actually, I'm down to a zero, uh, my ear gauges, and need a cool set of Majora's Mask plugs. Look no further. And if you don't have your ears gauged, now they do have 18 and 16 sizes. So those are for normal ear piercings. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I believe um, 18 gauge is uh, if you were pierced by a gun. Oh, okay. And 16 is usually if you go to a professional and get it pierced. So, yes, this will be for um, normal ear piercings as well, not just gauges. But if you do have a set of gauges, look no further. So, they have, you know, different sizes and it ranges from 18 to 1 inch. 
and you can get different materials. So they have black acrylic, surgical steel, black obsidian, and gold plated. Ooh, the obsidian is nice for a lot of people who have big allergies. Yeah, and so is the surgical steel. Yeah. And so the prices range from 18 and up. It depends on the size you get and the material you get. So they also have a little deal here. If you buy two pairs, you get one pair for free. Oh, snap. Yes. So they got that little deal going on. So I will have the link yeah. for these really awesome gauges in the show notes. I kind of want a pair, but I also saw a pair of just the Triforce ones that I kind of really want more. So maybe I'll get a set. You get both and you get one free. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's what I brought. Well, I'm glad we're on the Majora's Mask kick because I brought my favorite character as a hoodie. You ready? If you go to otakuplan.com, you can get the Legend of Zelda Fierce Deity cosplay hoodie. That's right. <laughs> so this hoodie is basically uh, Fierce Deity from chest to waist. So that includes the bracers and everything all embroidered on this nice little hoodie. The hoodie price runs from $39 all the way up to $44.99, depending on your size. The sizes run from extra, extra small all the way up to 5XL. That's a really good size range. Exactly. So the also come with a discount if you order more than one. So if you order all the way up to seven and up, you get 25% off the total order. So that's pretty cool too. If you order two, you get 5% off the total purchase. It's, it's pretty cool that they run that discount deal too. Um, so yeah, you can get this at otakuplan.com and yeah, link will be in the show notes. Yeah! Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I felt I felt the need for the. Well, remember now, I have to insert sound effects. Let me talk about putting links. Get insert sound effect <laughs> in the show notes. So, so bad. Uh, right. Well, I think that's the end of the mid break, isn't it? It is. Except oh. for talking about. <laughs> See, you still got me with that. I knew there was more. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Head on over to SDL Ocarina. Use our promo code LOZLORE10 and save yourself 10% off an ocarina. Ha! Ha! Ha. Ocarina. (laughs) Oh, they are absolutely gorgeous. Ocarinas, definitely worth buying and definitely worth saving 10% off, even though they are fairly well-priced. Solely because who doesn't love saving money? Because I do. Also, who doesn't love awesome, beautiful, handcrafted ocarinas? Exactly. So it's a (laughs) win-win for everyone. (laughs) But wait, there's more. Is there more? There's one more. (gasps) Oh, no. Head on over to Fanroll Dice. Use our promo code AllMightyC, which is A-L-L, Mighty, and the letter C, 10, and save yourself 10% off a set of dice, a dice tray, a dice tower, a dice bag, any dice accessories, all of the above. What? Yes. Because you can also save money. Save. But yeah, they they have absolutely wonderful dice. They do. And they have resin and metal and wooden and gemstone, which oh, the gemstone dice are so beautiful. All for a really good price. And Mm -hmm. you get to save 10%. And that also stacks on in-store sales going on. So, yes. And I will say they're a really cool company. Uh, I've got a chance to talk to the company head quite a few times. They're really accommodating, really awesome. And they are a company that does this just like us for the fans. It is a company directly geared towards making you as the fan and the consumer happy 
Wait, is that why they're called fan roll dice? It is exactly why they're called fan roll dice. Whoa. Whoa, Epiphany. And that is exactly why they're one of our sponsors. Well, that and I do have two sets of their dice and I absolutely love them. Yeah. So I can attest to the quality of their dice because I have a set of like pure, it's not pure gold, clearly. I'm not that rich or rich at all. <laughs> uh, it's a set of gold metal dice. Mm-hmm. And I love them. And I just got the Simmering Coal set, which is resin dice. And yep. Oh, gorgeous. Gorgeous dice. That's what I said. We here make sure that all of our sponsors follow the same goals and gear sets that we do, which is to make you, the fans, happy. Yes. 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 So with that being said, is that officially the end of the middle? It is the end of the middle of the episode. All right, so now we get to go to the end of the episode, right? The beginning of the end of the episode, yes. Beginning of the... <laughs> so confusing! Anyway, let's go to the end of the episode! <laughs> okay, here, here we are. Here we are at the end of the episode. Oh, dang it! Why do you guys steal my lines? <laughs> I gotta do something. Well, do you know how I'm gonna talk about? Uh, no, because you don't have your little interpretations. I do have one today. You do? Yes. Oh. He did not bring the rains down in Africa. Toto? It is Toto. I was really hoping <laughs> you would make a, like, he's not in Kansas anymore, not mm-hmm. in Termina anymore, nope. not in Hyrule anymore. Some reference to Wizard of Oz. I had to date myself on this one, okay? so You have to date yourself. I have to date myself. Forever alone. <laughs> So Toto is the manager of the famous Zora band, Indiegogos. He is one of the few band members who knows about Lulu's condition as well. Mm-hmm. So, although they had planned to be a act at the Carnival of Time, Toto is forced to cancel the show due to Lulu losing her voice, a- i.e. her condition. Part of her condition. <clears throat> Toto spends the entire three-day span in Clocktown, and during the day he can be found in the mayor's office. And the evening he heads to the milk bar. That is all he does for three days. Kind of upsetting. What else do you expect him to do? <laughs> so, <clears throat> I would expect him to, you know, maybe do other things, not just drink his sorrows away at the milk bar. Well, so did What's-His-Face. I know, but that, yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. Anyway, so if Link visits, he will ask you for assistance in making a sound check, which we've talked about quite a few times. He wants to do that sound check for the band that is not going to play. Forever hopeful. Forever hopeful. If you decide to help him, he will teach you the Ballad of the Windfish. That just sounds like a really cool name anyways, Ballad <sighs> of the Windfish. I know. <laughs> so actually, if you learn this song, it will actually complete two entries in the Bomber's Notebook, leaving you with one more mask. The Troop Leader Mask, which we already went over when we talked about Gorman. So here is an interesting fact about Toto. His name, in Japanese, in childish terms, means fish. That's surprising. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like a child's way of saying fish in Japanese. But Totoro is fish. Oh. Oh. I didn't even think about Totoro. I love Totoro. Totoro. We're not doing it. We're going to get demonetized. <laughs> so, next one on our list is Lulu. See a trend here? Toto, Lulu. Toto, Lulu. No, no. Bobo. Stop. <laughs> uh, so, Lulu is a member of, of course, the Indiegogos, which is a Zora band. She's actually the lead singer. And she's the daughter of the most famous singer the Indiegogos have ever had. That's that's all we get on that. We don't know the name of the person or not. We just, we just know she was the daughter of them. 
So, shortly before they were supposed to perform at the Carnival of Time, Lulu had seven Zora eggs and lost her voice. She didn't want Mikau to know about it and went to see Evan, the leader of the band, who recommended she take the eggs to the Marine Research Laboratory at the Great Bay Coast and get them checked out. You know, get a doctor, check them out, Lulu. Uh, however, comma, tragedy struck and Lulu heard a strange sound late at night in her room and when she opened her eyes to see what was going on, Gerudo pirates entered a room and were attempting to take the eggs due to a little impish character's advice. So, despite her trying to fight and win to get her eggs back, she was bested and they managed to make off with her eggs. She now currently is spending her entire time at the Zora Cape just gazing into the ocean, doing nothing more. Just constantly staring into the ocean. Evan, Mikau, and Toto actually know what happened to her and they're the only ones that know what happened to her. And Evan wants to keep it secret as not to spoil everyone's hopes and playing at the Carnival of Time. Evan's the one who's like, we gotta keep this hush-hush. Despite this all, though, the manager, Toto, does tell Madame Aroma exactly what happened and their plans to cancel. So that's why they actually had to cancel. Had nothing to do with the moon falling or anything and had everything to do with Lulu's voice. So Mikau, which we talked about when we talked about Zoralink, brief recap here, went, found out, went to go and best the pirate fortress himself and did not succeed. Hence he became Zoralink. And that is what we got for Lulu, uh, other than the ending. If you manage to get all the eggs back, take them to the laboratory, get them to hatch. They'll teach you a melody. You go play that for Lulu, and Lulu brightens up and finds her voice again. Happy ending for Lulu. So, last couple bits here about Lulu. One of the things that Gorman at the... while at the milk bar says while you play the Ballad of the Windfish to him is that the reason he joined the industry was because he wanted to meet the singer of that original song which was Lulu's mother also named Lulu and the last bit here is Lulu is seen at the end credits along with her band members performing a long rehearsed version at the milk bar during the carnival time. Interesting facts. Lulu means pearl in Arabic. Huh. So, the other part of this, however, is Lulu's Japanese name, Ruru, is just a corruption of her Hylian counterpart named Ruto. Hmm. Which I thought was a cool little nod at, you know, the Rutos and that was pretty cool. <laughs> so, that is all we have about Lulu. You know what drove me crazy? What's that? But it felt like everyone was more concerned about her losing her voice than her losing her ex. Yeah, that was kind of irritating. I as a kid I was like okay whatever as an adult we're going back and playing I was like yeah why aren't you worried more about the kids than her losing her voice yeah and like she just lost them mm-hmm. and everyone's like no we can't perform now like really see the thing and the thing is is that I get that they tried to portray in a lot of like the NPC text and conversations that they were worried about the kids, but like you said, they seem to be more focused on we can't play, and that's their driving force rather than getting the kids back because they're kids. Yeah. It's kind of (laughs) weird. So, the next one on our list, Chop Huss. 
I always want to call him Joppa. It's Joppus. Joppus? Joppus. So Joppus is the bass player for the Zora band, the Indiegogos. He and Macau often wrote and composed their own music. But Evan, the band leader, always condemned them from doing so. You don't like it. If you read Macau's diary, he you will learn a new riff written and performed by them. You can play it in the jam session with Joppas, and he will complete the song. Because you've got a portion of it, the riff. He'll complete it with you. If you play the full song for Evan, you'll receive a piece of heart, and that same song is played during the band's rehearsal and eventually performed at the Carnival of Time. Joppas plays the dungeon theme from The Legend of Zelda original game on his base upon entering his room. Oh, that's Little cool. Little fun fact. And he is last seen during the end credits. And, of course, the Milk Bar performing with the rest of his band. I'd be screwed if I lived in Termina because I can't drink milk. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't be getting your crunk on. <laughs> no. no, I am lactose intolerant, so no milk drinking for me. So I know we briefly touched on this character when we talked about Zora Link, but we're gonna talk about him just a little bit more in depth here. None other than Macau, our guitarist for the Indiegogos. Uh we already know him and Japas often compose songs together. Um, but he was also in a close relationship with the lead singer, Lulu. They booze. Macau, upon his deathbed, charges Link to help him get the eggs back. After you play the Song of Healing for him. That is pretty much all we really get for about Macau during this whole thing. It's not why I didn't really, it's why I really didn't go in depth with Macau during the whole Zora Link thing. Um, we already talked about he was mortally wounded because he went to try to go to retrieve the eggs himself uh, and all that. But interesting thing here isn't so much Macau as a character, but his diary and what it reveals. So if you go to the diary, and I'm going to read directly from the text in the diary here. Uh, you can get a little bit more about who he was. So, Mikhail's first diary entry is, Today, Joppas and I had a jam session. He's a little rough around the edges, but he writes great riffs. Here's what I played. And then you get the riff. The next one is, Today, I had Lulu listen to my session with Joppas. She seemed to like it a lot. Lou's a pretty great girl, after all. So they got they got a little bit, he feels a little bit for her. The next one says, Today I had another jam session with Joppas. Evan was in a bad mood because the two of us are writing songs on our own. Here's what I played. Get another riff. And the last entry is, Evan called me over this morning. It was something about Lulu. He was in a real rush. I wonder what it could be. By the way, it seems my lucky color this week is green. That was the last entry before he was found by none other than our green boy, Link. Hmm. I don't think it's that lucky. <laughs> so I say this, these entries are the most interesting thing about Macau because you can get a feel of who he is, what he's about. He's about his friends from this. And you kind of get put in his kind of position a little bit through these diary entries. Though they're short, sweet, to the point you get a feel of who he was as a character. Cared about his friends and he cared about his guitar. That's all he cared about in life. I can get down with that. Mm -hmm. Good dude. Uh, he often, as a character, however, tried to rhyme and lyric everything he sang and, or everything he said and did. Oh boy. Yeah. You get that a lot from the tombstone and the uh, directions on how you uh, do things. <laughs> so our next character is none other than who we've talked about a bunch of times and never actually nailed down who he was. Evan of the Sora band Indigo goes. Evan is the pianist. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. 
The leader of the group is the pianist. Did not see that coming. Also, seeing how big he is and built, did not picture him as the pianist. Thought he'd be like the drummer or something. Um, but yeah, no, he's the pianist of the Zora band Indiegogos. And Evan is the first one to find out what happens to Lulu. Uh, because she goes to actually see him about the con- everything. Because he's the leader of the band. That's when he tells her to take the eggs and everything else we covered in Lulu's backstory. After which, Lulu comes back to him to tell him first about what happened to the eggs. And he charges Mikau to go and get them back. So we find out that actually Mikau didn't go on his own fruition, but he was actually in charge by Evan to go and do it himself. Now, we know that he wanted to anyway, but yeah, Evan's the one who told Mikau at that point, hey, this is what happened to lose eggs, and he's like, I gotta go get him. So it was a big thing. We learn also that Evan went as far as to inform Mikau where to go and get empty bottles to get the eggs. So that's pretty much all we have on Evan. Not a lot of info, but I do have an interesting fact. You ready? Is it did he get the bottles from the Deku princess? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. The interesting fact here is Evan actually plays the ending thing from the original Legend of Zelda upon entering his room. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, at the end credits, he's found jamming with the rest of his crew at the Carnival of Time. Minus one. Minus one. Yeah. So next up. We have the actual drummer boy of the group, Tiho. And I thought he had an interesting character design. Do you remember what kind of sea creature he was? Um, he was a stingray, wasn't he? He was indeed. <laughs> he was one of the only Zora that had a slightly more different design than the rest in this game. He had more of a stingray-like design, which I thought was awesome. And started to show a little bit of an evolutionary side to the Zora. (laughs) So, like I said before, Tio is the drummer of the Indiegogos. And he's actually Macau's roommate. Not Lulu? Not Lulu. I know, weird, right? (laughs) So, he has a broken ladder that leads up to Macau's upper half of the room and promises to start going on a diet when you first talk to him. Because he's the reason the ladder's broke. (laughs) (laughs) So, if you go in there to talk to him, he will tell you that he knows the reason the ocean has been getting weird is due to the problems of the Great Bay Temple. So, he's the first one to tell you about what's going on with everything. Uh... He said whenever this happened, the Zora descendant who has been protecting the temple will have trouble befall them. Basically saying that Lulu has been having problems because she's supposedly the descendant of the original protector of the temple. So, interesting fact here about him. Tio actually plays the cave theme from The Link to the Past on his drum kit when you enter the room. And Tio leaves his room. I thought this one was cool and I had to go back and check. And it is true. When he leaves his room to practice for rehearsal, that's the last time you'll see him until the end credits when he's playing with the rest of the band at the bar. Huh. Yeah, he's... You want to talk about minor character. (laughs) So, another interesting fact about him is... A model of one of Tio's drums can be found behind Karlov in the Nintendo Gallery in Wind Waker. Huh. <laughs> I didn't notice it until after reading this as well. I was like, whoa, no way. So, the next one we got to go over is none other than Grog. So, Grog is the owner of the Cuckoo Shack in Romani Ranch. He absolutely adores his chickadees 
And when he hears rumor that the moon is crashing into Termina, he is absolutely filled with sorrow and disappointment that he will never see his chicks develop into roosters. However, comma, Link comes to save the day and fulfills Grog's wish of seeing his cuckoos grow by wearing the Bremen mask and leading them around in a conga line of sorts. <laughs> uh, once you have all 10 of them following you, they will immediately become to transform into full-grown cuckoos. And this is actually how you get the bunny hood. And it's a thank you from Grog for helping him out. And he says he does not have to live with regret anymore and can pass away happily. However, a little bit changes in Majora's Mask 3D. If you make them grow up a second time, instead of the bunny hood, you will be given a fishing hole pass from him. So that's a cool little tidbit. Seems to be following a trend here, however, that uh, Majora's Mask 3D, you do things a second time, you get a fishing hole pass a lot. Gotta go fishing. <laughs> that many times, though? <laughs> Listen, I would go that many times I mean, if Legend of Zelda had a rocket launcher. Oh, goodness. I'm done with you. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's a I did find an interesting fact, uh, which a lot of us older generation that are into the medieval terms will get. So I'm not going to go into it for the sake of a PG podcast, but know that I know it. Uh, but I am going to go into one of the reasons Grog is named Grog is a play on words uh, for groggy, which is because he's commonly found sleeping in this game. Grogging is a term for sleepy. Yeah, groggy. Groggy. So the next character I have, we're getting to the end. We got three characters left and two of them are done together. This next character is a big baddie who you want to smack around a couple times. For goodness sake on. No. <laughs> no. No. The Seikon, the thief. Uh, so Seikon has a hideout in Akana Canyon, and he is the little thief that steals the bomb bags from the older bomb shop lady in North Clocktown. Like a jerk. Oh, you, okay. So you think he is a jerk, but not Skull Kid, who... He's a has destroyed he's a been lot possessed. of people's he's, lives. He's been possessed. It's not his fault. It's the bad evil magic's fault. So I don't blame him. Nobody possessed this jerk to steal bombs. Pretty sure <laughs> it was Skull Kid. <sighs> so I'm not going to go into the whole mish, little mission with him because we've already gone over it when you talk, we talked about the bomb lady. So a second time, he steals the sun mask from Cafe and... Uh, He's a jerk for doing that. We, we already know about the whole mission. You know, we've talked about you can get where you can get the sun mask and everything. So I'm not going to go into that one, too. But the third time, he can also be seen in the lower valley of a Kanye cannon running in circles. Like a crazy man. He will try to steal your sword there. So he's just a dirty thief. Uh, but he will be stopped by Tattle. So don't worry, you'll keep your sword. Uh, and then another fourth time, he can occasionally be seen outside the curiosity shop at night where he talks about how the man from the curiosity shop is just unfair and he wants his fair share. So Seikon is just a jerk. <laughs> Doesn't play an important role except for stealing things and give you more work as Link. And the last two is the Goron Elder and the Goron Elder's son. Huh, weird that we talk about them both at the same time. <laughs> so the Goron Elder is the very old bearded Eld Goron uh, who acts as kind of like the tribal leader of the Gorons in the village. And he's the father to the Goron Elder's son. That's his name. Just Goron Elder's son. Uh, he has left the village and become frozen when you first find him. Because of this, his son, the Goron Elder son, 
is crying obnoxiously loud. And when you get there, your first quest, calm the kid down. So you have to go find the Goron Elder, who's frozen at the Twin Lakes, unthaw him using hot spring water, and then he is free. However, comma, there's more. The Elder refuses to acknowledge you because he thinks you're an illusion. Because Damani Third is dead. However, if you tell him his son misses him, he teaches you the Goron Lullaby. And he implores you to go soothe his son if you're real. So, you do just that. You go, play the Goron Lullaby, son falls asleep, and everything's great. However, if you defeat Gott, the terrible giant, you can find him unfrozen in the Goron village, and after which he offers you the position of the Goron village leader. Because he assumes you're actually Darmani. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm not going to go too much in the Elder Goron's son because it's that's pretty much all there is about the Elder Goron's son is the fact that he cries the whole time. He's his own little side quest. And that's pretty much it. Like, that's it. <laughs> he does miss Gor- uh, He does, I will say, he does miss Darmani. And when he sees you, he's ecstatic. Uh, because he thought Darmani was missing too. Uh, and he actually is the one who will be waiting for you outside the racetrack to get your gold dust and shows you how to use a powder cake. So that's that's pretty much just it on him. That's why I said I don't want to go too far in depth with him. He's he's just there as like a quest, a guiding point. But that is it for major characters. So the real reason he went and got frozen. So he didn't have to deal with his kid? Yep. You're so mean. No, uh, yeah, and <laughs> the whole you're just an illusion thing, like that was his ploy at getting Link to go deal with his son. Here, you go deal with it. <laughs> oh, if you're if you're really real, then I'll show you the song and play it to my son and so calm him mean. down. It's that was his ploy. It was all just uh, a ploy to you deal with him now. So mean. So uh, I do want to give an honorable mention to a very special couple in Majora's Mask that we didn't go over, but there's literally nothing to go over them. They own the game shop. It's the darling couple that are incredibly obnoxiously lovey-dovey the entire three-day cycle. Yeah, it's gross. (laughs) Oh, darling, a little boy wants to play games. Oh. It's it's a bunch Gross. of that. it's yeah. There's there's literally no story to them. They just run the game shop. And I mean, we didn't give the archer gallery owner a little tidbit. I mean, he's way more interesting than they are in comparison. <laughs> I think romance is gross. Oh, whatever. I do. <laughs> Don't whatever me. Blech. So that is it. We're finally done with the Majora's Mask characters. <sighs> so do we give them a sneak peek of what to expect next? Not Majora's Mask characters. No, no. We're going to we're going to take a little break from going game to game and go into some deep dives like Ariel said earlier. And guess what we're going to start with first? What's that? Fairies. 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 All kinds of fairies, the great fairies, the not great fairies, the <laughs> parts of the great fairies, it's all fairies. <laughs> So we're going to go into, yeah, like Ariel said, a bigger, deeper dive of fairies because they are a very interesting species of Legend of Zelda series. And then I think if we can find enough information, which I challenge Ariel with, if she can get enough info on him, I think we'll do a special episode on none other than Beetle. Oh, challenge accepted. <laughs> do you think you can get me enough enough info to do a 45 minute episode on Beetle yeah <laughs> bet 
Bet. Well, I guess that's it for this episode. So until next time, thank you for listening. And tune in next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you all for listening to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast tonight. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. If you did, tell a friend, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can chat with us all things Legend of Zelda on the Robots Radio Discord. Or you can get hold of us on our Twitter at LOZLorecast. Intro and outro are done by Bentonal Landscape. Links are in the show notes below. Till next time, dear listener, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this.